up to what God desires to do in your life today. You can be healed. You can be healed. You can receive salvation. You can see your life begin to turn a different direction. If you will be open to what God wants to do. Amen. You can be seated today. Today is Family Sunday. And what does that mean? Family Sunday is where our kids' church are going to be learning the same thing today. They're going to be talking about the same subject today. And then they're going to join us at the end of the message. And we're all going to participate together in, in the close of the service. And so we're looking forward to our kids joining us after they've had their time together. And uh, but we want God to do great things here at Crossroads today. Amen? If you knew the year, the day, the minute, even down to the second when your life would end, how would you live it differently than today? A rather pointed question to begin this message with, but the reality is no man knows the hour. Now we can do things that speeds up the time that it takes by not taking care of our bodies or by being reckless with dangerous things. But we often forget how short life really is in the scope of eternity. James chapter 4 and verse 13 says this, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? He poses the question. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. James uh, 4 in the ESV version says this, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. A vapor, a mist, is what our life consists of when you think about it in the scope of eternity. Life is but a vapor, a mist, a fog. Here, but just for a moment and then gone. Even in raising our kids, we find out very quickly that they grow up and before you know it, they're 18. And they're ready to explore life on their own. How quickly time goes by. Today I'm speaking on this subject, finding your way home. Finding your way home. Jesus tells us of a father and son in a parable, and this parable is found in Luke chapter 15, and verse 11 says, And there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. And the father stood at the door watching his son gather up his belongings. He had decided it was time to take his part 
of the estate and he began life on his own. How many can remember the day you started life on your own? What freedom and what responsibility. The father talked with him, I'm sure, and possibly even pleaded with him to wait a while, but the son was ready to try his own life. So the father walked with him down the path until he was ready to leave, and they, they said their goodbyes, and they parted ways. The father stood at the edge of the property, and he watched for as long as he could until he could see just a silhouette of what was his son standing with him then a shadow and, and then nothing as he went down the road. The father was heartbroken over the decision of his son, but makes a habit of waiting and looking down that road for that shadow, that silhouette for when his son will come back home again. How many love when your, your kids come back home? Some have... Some have kids that still live with you, so you don't know what that feels like. There are many who, like the son, wander off in their relationship with God. They begin to get distracted with life, the cares of life, or the deceitfulness of better things. So they begin to gather up their belongings to find a better situation for their lives. And sometimes it is just that life because of a flurry of situations and circumstances swallows you whole. And before you realize it, you've wandered so far away from God that you don't even know where you stand with God in this moment. We take this journey for granted at times when we don't see the progress in the process. And we seem to be dealing with more curses than blessings. Even when life is good, some forget the path on the journey and begin to wander down uncharted areas of life, unaware of the direction it is taking them. It was the son who chose to leave the father's house and wander out on his own. There are times, though, that people just wander away from God. There's one excuse and then another and then another excuse. And before long, they have collected their belongings and they have left the father's house. The intention was never to go down that road, but they were swallowed up with life. The son living for the moment cashed in his portion of his father's estate and he squandered it by living fast and loose and life was good for a short while and the, the son was living it up. He was having the time of his life. Everything was great. Everything was good. But what is described in the parable as Jesus told it with reckless living, he spent all that he had and became desperate and destitute. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 13, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. 
You see, a, a famine arose in the country and what had been this life of abundance had turned into a life of misery and sorrow. The wandering in life can be confused at times with newfound freedom on a road that is undisciplined and uncharted. It can be exciting at times as you break through boundaries you once considered sacred and immovable in your life, but now there is a famine in your life. There's a time when you become destitute, where you become desperate, where you are looking for the things that you had grasp of at one time. They were things at the Father's house. But the cares of life, the grind of everyday living has become, begun to take its toll and you find yourself in a mess. It is where the son was living now he hired himself out to a farmer who sent him out to feed the pigs. It was a place he never thought his life would be. This dirty, messy place. The stench of the hogs, I'm sure, turned his stomach. But this is how life ends up sometimes. We tend to create dirty messy situations for ourselves. 1 John chapter 2 and Galatians chapter 5 describes the mess we encounter, we can encounter if we allow ourselves to wander into the world. 1 John 2.16 For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from this world. Galatians 5, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What a mess we can sometimes create for our lives. Romans 6 and 23 sums up what is described as sin. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. How many knows that sin is messy? When we live in sin without relationship with Jesus Christ, you will eventually feel empty. The mess we create many times when we leave the Father's house takes a toll on our lives in such a way that we become so hungry for something that we would eat anything. The son had been hungry for so long that he was desperate to fill that hunger in his life. That hunger led to him eating what the pigs were eating. The son left the father's house not with the plans to end up in the slop with the hogs and eager to eat with the pigs, but rather had encountered and engaged a life filled with sin. The wages of sin, the works of the flesh had brought him to a place so far away from the father's house that what he used to be and what he had longed to do and become was seemingly no longer available to him. 
But then something happened to the son that the scripture describes so powerfully in Luke 15. We read in verse 16, and he was longing to be fed with the paws that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But verse 17 says this, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. But he came to himself. How many times have you had a moment like this where you come to your senses? But quickly, you begin to second guess your thoughts. You see, he was on the brink of losing, and I'm sure there was a battle raging inside his heart and mind. I don't think I'm going to make it. I, I don't think I can get enough, I can get good enough for my father to accept me back. I don't think I'm good enough. I'm laying here in the slop with the pigs. I'm sitting here desiring to eat their food. And here I am, this mess that I've created. I've squandered away everything that I know I had in my grasp, everything that I was given. I know, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing now. This battle is raging within him. And as you think about it, as you dream about it, you hope for a day when your life won't be so messy. You can't get over the mess that you've made of your life. You can't get past the mistakes that you've made in your life. You don't think that you're good enough or worthy enough to go back to the Father's house. Some of the decisions in your life have you in change. You are mentally and emotionally in a mess. But just as the son came to himself, he began to realize something about his past and began thinking about his future. He began to remember some things about his father's house. That there was enough bread not only for him and his brother, not only for his father, but all the servants that worked for them, there was enough bread for his whole family. There was an abundance at his father's house. He, he remembered the times where his father showed him love and compassion. He remembered the fellowship of his family he remembered the fellowship of his friends. He thought, if I can just get back to them, if I can begin finding my way home, if I can just get back to my father, I've made some mistakes, I know that, but just maybe, maybe I can be just good enough to be one of the servants. I'm not worthy to be, in my, father, to be my father's son, but at least I, I won't be hungry. I won't be sitting here in the slop. I won't be desiring to eat the pig's food because of my hunger. This is another powerful moment because for change to happen in your life, you must realize what you are doing, the mess you are living in, the life you've created isn't the life you want to live. You must desire change. You must come to a place called repentance. Repentance is where you realize that you are a sinner. Desire to make a change and then make a change. 
It is exactly what happened to the son as he was hanging out with the pigs. The son began to realize the life he created was not anything he imagined it to be. He lost everything that he had been given. He began to realize that his father's house was a place of warmth, a place of happiness, a place of joy, a place of peace, a place of fullness, a place of abundance, and more importantly, a place where he could get his belly filled. He had walked away from his father's house, but then with a repentant heart, he began making his way back. Luke 15, 18, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And as he began finding his way home, I'm sure he struggled with being worthy enough to be called son. It is the weight of guilt children feel when they know they have done wrong. When the evidence of sin is brought to the jury with conviction, the sentence of guilt can be overwhelming. But in verse 20, says, and he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, remember his father is continually day after day looking, waiting. I wonder when my son is going to come back and visit me. I wonder when he's going to just to experience life and have enough of it. I wonder when he's going to just come back and just say, hey, Papa, it's good to see you. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you're doing okay. He, he was looking continually. Maybe he'd get his work done for the day and he would go down the road and he would look where he left him and he would look and he would look. I'm looking. Do I see him? Is that? Oh, that's just a tree. I'm looking. Oh, that's just an animal down there. I thought that was him. I'm still looking for him. He kept looking. He kept waiting. He kept waiting. And then the son made the decision. And that day the father's looking. And he begins to see what looks like. I think that's him. I think, I think it's him. I think it's him. And he took off and he began running toward him. Can you imagine the son's relief as he experienced the father's love and compassion running towards him? You can, you can just imagine the guilt that he was carrying this son as he's walking home, his head drooping down, and he's just feeling bad about his life and all that he's done with it. He's in terrible shape. And then his father, he calls his name, and he begins to run. The father, with great compassion and love, didn't wait for him to get home. He ran out to greet him. He embraced him, and he, he walked with him the rest of the way. 
The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and let us celebrate. The son was repentant and reluctant to accept such love from his father, but the father said, I love you. He told his servants to quickly bring his son the best set of clothes and to put that ring on his hand and the shoes on his feet. And he said, we're going to party like never before. My son was dead, but he is alive again. He was lost, but he is found. This story may illustrate your life and where you can be found in life today. It may illustrate family members or friends you are praying find their way home. His compassion, Jesus Christ, His compassion and love for you has never ceased. And He is ready to embrace you. While you don't feel worthy, He makes you worthy. By His death on the cross, you became worthy. He paid the price for your sin. The change you desire in your life is the experience of the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel or good news is that He died. Not only that He died, but that He was buried. Not only that he, he died and that He was buried, but He resurrected from the grave. Jesus Christ is alive today and He loves you and He has compassion for you. We experience this gospel in the same manner through re repentance. We die to sin. Just as Jesus died on the cross and paid the price for our sin, we come to Him and we, we repent. We say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for what I've become, the things that I've done against Your Word, the things that, that I've allowed into my life. And we walk that road of repentance. And then we can be buried. You say, how can I be buried? I'm alive. You're buried with him in baptism. Baptism in the water. In Jesus' name. You are baptized in Jesus' name. You are buried with him, the scripture says, in baptism. And then you can resurrect your life. You can have new life. You can be created anew. The Bible talks about being created a new creature. You are a new creature. When you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Luke 5.32 Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Acts 3.19 says this, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. 
Simon Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, said on the day of Pentecost in Acts verse, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls Himself. It is for everyone. Amen. The gospel is for everyone. Amen. The key for all of us today to understand is that Jesus Christ loves us so much that He gave His life for us. If we can understand the love of a father or mother for their child and how we nurture and care for and love that child, how in times of disobedience and disappointed with them we can be, but not without or withholding love. We love our children. We dislike when they disobey. But we don't stop loving them. How we seek for ways to help them grow, to flourish in life. How we direct them. How we lead them. How we guide them. But oh, how we love them. We do anything for our children. And Jesus Christ saw you afar off. He saw you in this moment, in this hour, on this day. He saw you afar off. Maybe in the mess that you're living. Maybe in a, a crisis that you're in right now. Maybe in situations that you didn't expect to be in. He saw you afar off. And He was on Calvary. And He was looking as He went to the cross. And He was saying, Oh, I love Him so much. I love Him so much. I love them so much that I'm going to give it all. He died on that cross. And so today, there's no reason that you should feel unworthy of a God who loves you. This is the love of Jesus for you and I, but on a greater level than we could ever understand. A love so powerful and compassionate that Jesus would take on my punishment for my sinful condition. Yes.